Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. Welcome in everybody to another edition of Mouthy Milltowners. Mac Banks is already crying in tears because he's laughing so hard because I don't know how to be professional. Uh, Keith Cook is not here. He is somewhere on the 94th floor in Chicago, uh, or at least that's the last spot we saw him. He's supposed to be on a plane. Uh, he's supposed to be on knows. a plane. Um, m- my sincere hope is that he's in the plane and not on it. Um, no, so probably way, as long as a little, little less wind. Um, inside. That's what like I hear anyway. Tom Cruise um, mission we do have a special guest this week. Uh, we were supposed to have him last week, but my equipment failed me, uh, unfortunately. Uh, big round of applause for Fort Mill School Board member Mr. Anthony Bodie's in the house. Yep, yep. Woo! Yay! Yes. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Bodie, thanks so much for spending some time with us, knuckleheads. Um, I'll tell you what, if, if you're out and about town, ladies and gentlemen, and you don't see this guy around, look harder because he's like Lent in the dryer. He's everywhere. Nation Ford Falcons, Catawba Ridge Copperheads, Fort Mill Yellow Jackets, you name it, he's there. Um, we could spend the next half hour, sir, on the number of things that you're involved with uh, just in the town of Fort Mill. Um, first of all, I appreciate your support of all three high schools, um, both academically and athletically. Um, it, it, it really means the world to me, and I know it means the world to those players and coaches to see a, score, a, a Fort Mill school board member at these events. So um, I, I thank you for that to start with. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. So the um, big question, which one's your favorite? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I know where his daughter's going to school. I know where his daughter's going to school, so I've got a little <laughs> insight on it. But I could be wrong. No, I've no. been wrong before. My wife will tell you every day. Um, lots of stuff happened this week in the town of Fort Mill. True. Uh, the Jackets finally started their regular season. The Copperheads week two, basically, of their regular season. And then the Nation Ford Falcons coach Brown in his second year uh, over in the Falcons Nest um, was also a topic of conversation this week. And, Mac, how about we start with Coach Brown and his Nation Ford Falcons and uh, what kind of a week uh, they had. Um, Some players on that team, you've got Caden Giles, uh, Chuddy, got some pieces there. Uh, for Coach Brown, and just I'll politely remind people of how the Falcons finished last year. Rough start, kind of found their sea legs at West Cabarrus and finished strong. Yeah, well, they started off at um, Charlotte Latin, and then they were able to get a win. The house that Keith Cook built. The house that Keith Cook built. They were able to get a 63-61 win, a very close game. Um, Caden Giles had two critical blocks there in the final seconds. Um Early final 20 seconds of the game. Uh, Jackson Burnham, who we've talked about before, as Ben Burnham's little brother, but I wouldn't call him little. Um, <laughs> <Elder> brother. <laughs> because he's going to – he scored 31 in that yeah. game. Yeah, he's and a great player. And 12 of those came in the fourth quarter. He's going to be someone to watch out for for years to come when it comes to uh, hoops at Nation Ford. Uh, Giles had 12. Ben Chuddy had six. Um, so that was that. That's how they got started. Um, real, real quick, I think Jackson is a senior. Okay, maybe he is. He was a he was a freshman in NAFO, if I understand correctly, a few years man? ago. Uh, Burnham. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. yeah. He was he was a freshman for the Falcons. I believe he transferred to Carmel Christian, which is what Ben Burnham did. 
been, of course, a part of that 2019 Falcons team that was just out of this world. Loaded, yeah, but uh, he really should have be, been state champions. They just kind of ran to but a But if he keeps playing bit. like he's been playing. Yeah, he's been playing. But he's he, going to be one to watch. Don't let sure. his tall, lanky frame fool you, though. He can no. shoot it from anywhere. He's got NBA grind. He's just kids. You know, I, 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 uh, my daughter and I attended the red and black game a couple weeks ago. Um, and so there was a, their scrimmage. And um, I've watched NAFO play quite a few teams last year. And I will tell you, I – I, I jumped out of my shoes when this young man dunked, uh, and it came out of nowhere. And I looked at my daughter, and I said, I'm not sure where this young man came from, but Coach Brown stole something from somewhere, if you will. And uh, I looked at Brown and said, you got something good here. I, I, I think Naples is going to surprise some folks. Yeah, and oh, he's – I mean, they've already started off better. Um, it seems like they've already started off better than, than last year, and they just seem like – a more concise team. It helps that he's in his second year and they've kind of already gelled. Um, they went on to play South Point in the Battle at the Rock. Um, it's kind of a showcase thing that was held at Northwestern. That was the same night as the Fort Mill Catawba Ridge game. Um, but they beat, they rallied and beat um, South Point 60 to uh, 56. And again, um, a lot of a lot of good scoring from Burnham, and I think I think they're going to be like you said a, a team that really needs really not a lot of introduction later down the road. Uh, Burnham scored 22 points in that game, had five rebounds and a couple of assists, and uh, was the player of the game for that. And um, they will be playing Catawba Ridge Tuesday at home at Nation Ford. So that should be good. Um, girls team, they they did a they did all right. They're not exactly where they need to be. They fell to Latin, and then they fell um, in the Battle of the Rock as well. Uh, can't remember off the hand who. And I was there at this game. This is it's all starting to like it blends together. Blends together. It um, but they fell in the Battle of the Rock. So they uh, they've got some work to do. They're young. They're incredibly young. Um, you know, I didn't realize how young they were until I looked down at their roster, and they're literally starting an eighth grader. And that's But wild. also remind people that he's also in his second year um, Correct. At, at the helm of the Lady Falcons. So, again, takes time to get a system uh, in place. Every coach has their own wrinkle. Even if they both run motion, it's got a little different wrinkle to it. Yeah, and, I mean, he lost a lot of kids – you know, experience-wise and things like that. So that did not help him at all. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's going to take time for them to jail and come together. And I'm sure hopefully come region play, they'll have a more stabilized offense, you know. And if you look at Region 3-5A and you look at who's who and what they've done to this point, you can see a, an opportunity there for a lot of teams to stick their nose into the playoff picture. We don't know what the brackets are going to look like. The South Carolina High School League will publish those somewhere around three weeks, four weeks before the playoffs actually begin. And then we can start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. I know it's a little early to be talking about that, but it does need to be pointed out that your region play is what determines your playoff fate in basketball, just like it is in football. Uh, so what you do in the non-region, it's important because you're building up to region play. 
but this allows the Falcons, both men and women, a chance to get that chemistry worked out and, and get going. Um, girls off to a rough start, but the boys are off to a great start. Yeah, they lost to Jimmy Burns, by the way. Well. Affectionately known as James F. Burns. James F. Burns. Jimmy. Yeah, we'll call him Jimmy. The Rebels. Yeah, 59-23 to 23 again. Um, it's just one of those things that they'll they'll have to work out as things – as the season progresses, so yeah, and and a lot of people will look at last year and say, "Well, Burns, well, Burns is a different team um, as well." Um, so the best of luck to the Falcons this week playing Ty Bridge. That's going to be a tough. Uh, that's that's tough. Uh, Brett Childers and his Copperheads. Uh, I got to see them play Friday night. Uh, they're really good. No uh, joke, we knew man. that. We knew that, but I got to see it firsthand, uh, and. and Interestingly enough, we were talking about dunks um, just before we went on the air, and uh, we got to see Lance Barnes on Friday night. I think he had four or five dunks. Um, on Friday? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, he, was, he did. I mean, he was like – Yeah, it was great. It was perfect outlet passes. One was from Hager, uh, and it was just a rainbow. Zach Lindak would have been happy with that pass. It looked like a football throw. He caught it, took two steps, went up, bam. And Rob Upton's got a great photo of it. Yeah. Yeah. Two okay, hands. Yeah. Okay. Two hands. Yeah. Gotcha. So from a from an athleticism standpoint, uh, I've watched Lance since he was in the seventh grade, yep. uh, and he's one that puts in a lot of work. He's in the weight room. He's all of that. And my uh, family and I were at a uh, one of the games uh, back in December or January, and he had two back to back dunks. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, that athleticism he has, and uh, that supporting cast is going to be wonderful to watch. Well, and I'll just remind people he's only a sophomore. Mm -hmm. uh, that that's uh, and I told Coach Childers after the game was over, it's like, uh, hey, Coach, you know, <laughs> I know I'm the Fort Mill guy, but I'm a pretty big fan of that Lance Barnes kid. He's he's pretty good. Um, Katab Ridge had a uh, an interesting week um, over there at the arena, is the what arena. they call it. Yeah. Um, girls and boys, um, a lot of youth for Coach Presley uh, this year. Uh, some big pieces from the team last year no longer there. Uh, so you still have Morgan Davis. We still have um, Addie Cunningham right. and some pieces from last year, but relatively, not relatively, very much young uh, to the point where you have some players from JV last year on the varsity for, for Catawba Ridge. Yeah, and they didn't they didn't do bad. Um, it's just one of those things where, again, it's kind of like Nation 4. Now, that should be a good girls game this coming Tuesday. But um, – it's just one of those things where they lost a lot of key pieces and they needed to find ways to work around that. Um, and they've got people in roles that aren't normally in roles that they would be in now. For example, you know, Morgan Davis is, is last year she wasn't the primary scorer, but she is this year. You know, Addie Cunningham has kind of taken that morgan davis role over from last year she's more of the you know scrappy you know get the floor burn type of thing not that morgan isn't but um you know it's just one of those things they've got to get adjusted to new roles and again get the younger players who there was a lot of players that aren't playing last year that are playing this year that didn't have a lot of minutes that are now um seeing a lot of minutes they've just got to get some type of cohesiveness together and and Jail. And I think they will. Um, this year might be a long year for them, but I think they'll come together and, and 
especially by the time region comes around, I, I see them. I've seen some other teams in the region like Lancaster and things like that, and they Lan- should be able Lancaster's, to. Lancaster's Lancaster already has they beat Clover. Yeah, but I'm talking as far as girls. So. Talking as far as girls, they they're not as yeah. as yeah, they're good. They're not, but but so they should be able to handle teams like York and Lancaster from the girls aspect of it. Um, but you're you're going to see people like uh, Taylor Riley continue to improve. Mackenzie right. Sutton, she's going to continue to improve. Um, Brooks Doherty played Buku's minutes um, around Morgan Davis along with Mackenzie Sutton. So again, a lot of names. And and Coach Presley, I think she has a leg up in a way because I think she's she's old enough for the respect factor with her team, but she's still young enough where she can relate on a different way with these young ladies, and she'll bring the best out of them. Uh, yeah, she really I mean, will. There, no doubt in my mind, she's a great coach. And I think when there's this non-region stuff they're doing now, while it's a tune-up for the region, I think it's going to be beneficial for them in the long run. People getting minutes that don't normally – have the minutes that they didn't have last year the biggest thing is health things stay healthy you know and that's for any team but if things stay healthy um i think come region they'll be able to handle teams like lancaster york um people like that i'm not really sure what northwestern girls have yeah uh, but they're you know they've been down the past several years so give you an idea of what we're talking about um Katsaba Ridge's starting lineup against Fort Mill was Taylor Riley, Addison Cunningham, Brooks Doherty, Zakia Wilson, and Morgan Davis. Morgan Davis is the only senior on the team. Taylor Riley is a freshman. Addison Cunningham's a junior. Brooks Doherty is a freshman. And Zakia Wilson is a sophomore. Uh, Lily Kilpatrick, uh, Mary Aya Denisi, I hope I said that right, and Lila uh, Mackey, they're all freshmen. Uh, so, as is Mackenzie Sutton. So when you say that they're young, they're 14 and 15 years old, literally. And that's right. Region 3, 4A. And, and Coach Presley doesn't – she doesn't schedule cupcakes. She doesn't – No, that's not her speed. No, and again, give them time. And same thing with Nation 4 girls. You just got to give them time, um, kind of let them get their feet wet. And, you know, these freshmen that normally would be playing JV, you know, they're in a position where they've got to step up because there's no one else – I mean, that – bench is not that deep and neither it is for nation Ford, so they've got to step up and even even the bench is lined with a bunch of freshmen so time will tell but you know it should bode well for them in the future two or three years from now when they've got all this playing experience and time together they should be you know back up where they were last year well friday night they took on fort mill um it's so weird to say this Fort Mill played Catawba Ridge at Nation Ford. In a special episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, so thanks to uh, David Johnson, the athletic director for Nation Ford, uh, for allowing us to to paint his gym blue and gold at least for uh, four or five <laughs> hours. But we, we promised, Coach, we painted it red and black on our way back out the door. Uh, and that's, that's a more experienced Fort Mill team they went up against. Uh, it was all Fort Mill early and often. The halftime score was 22-8. to eight. Um but back came the Copperheads. At the end of the third quarter, it was 31-14. So think about that. 31-14, the final score was 37-26. Yeah, Catawba Ridge, despite the quarter. youth, it had been real easy for a young team to just roll over and play dead. But not these young ladies. They refused to lay down and die. They continued to scratch and claw and fight. 
And Fort Mill, I think it was the the proverbial take your foot off the gas and then try to reapply it. So there's a lesson for the Yellow Jackets and Coach Rubel to say, hey, you, you, you got somebody – the old saying is you got somebody by the throat, keep squeezing. You, you let up, they're going to get up off the ground. And it's really, really hard uh, to put that foot back on the gas pedal. Um, so – Really, it was a much closer game than it probably should have been, but that's because Fort Mill's grit uh, was able to pull it out in the end. But again, you've got seniors on that team. You've got Reagan Reyes, who's a senior. Um, you've got juniors. You've got uh, Ella Marker, who's a senior. Claire Moore's a junior. Um, Izzy Barber's a junior, so on and so forth. Fort Mill's got some youth as well, uh, the Chambliss sisters. But right. from a record standpoint and looking at it, uh, you would have expected Fort Mill to win. They did, but, but the game didn't again, go the, the way you would sisters, thought. sisters, they got a year under their belt playing varsity. They do. They so do, that, Julie and Jada. Um, and they both play other sports. Uh, Jada right. is also a volleyball player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a uh, very athletic uh, family. Matter of fact, their aunt is one of the best basketball officials in this entire area. I'm not going to say her name because well, I don't I say the officials' names. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't officiate the games because her family's in the game. But she was there in the Rock Hill Event Center for Fort Mill's first game sure. yeah. of the season. Oh, uh, Mr. Bodie knows exactly who I'm talking about. Who talking about. I'm now. a big fan of her. I think she's the best there. <laughs> Dude, she was at the Battle of the Rock this weekend. She's good. Trust me, she was. She was basically referring the game with one other guy on a corpse. Yes. And you know who the corpse is? Oh, I that, do. That, you, the I guy do. I'm talking about. This right. guy's like 467 years old. He should not be refing. Mm. Yeah. Like, he just stands at half courts and just looks and turns his head because he can't move up and down to go. He should not be reffing. But anyway, yeah, that's she, she And she doesn't take any mess, as they say. Um, going to switch real quickly to, to Fort Mill uh, Lady Jacket Basketball just for a second. Um, they did start their season uh, in the Rock Hill Event Center. It's weird as that is to say. Uh, the first game of the year was against South Point, but not that South Point. The North South, South Point, Point, North Carolina, which are the Red Raiders, not the Stallions, uh, that we're all used to seeing. Um, interestingly enough, uh, South Point, North Carolina, their scheme is red black and, and red, uh, so not that far off. Um, and in that game, Fort Mill got off to a great start against South Point. Um, early and often, that scoring in the first quarter, relatively evening, even then Fort Mill started to take control. The third quarter was a tussle, but really in the end, it was Fort Mill able uh, to take advantage of the foul situation of South Point. Uh, Maddie Frank and uh, Deja Faust, all with both with four fouls. Uh, you had Julie Chambliss; she pumped in eight points. Uh, the scoring was spread around. Nine different Lady Jackets scored in that game um, in a 55-51 victory over uh, the Red Raiders. You got to turn right back around and play Christ Church um, out of Greenville. Uh, there is a Christ Church Episcopal in Charlotte. This is the Cavaliers out of Greenville County um, and the Yellow Jackets uh, that particular night. Um, again, led early. Uh, you had 17 first quarter points for Fort Mill. You had Claire Moore with four, K Marker with two, Reagan Reyes with two, Izzy Barber with two, four for Jada Chambliss, two for Julie Chambliss. That was the theme of the night. Claire Format. Claire Moore finished with 14. Jada Chambliss finished with nine. Six for Reagan Reyes. Seven for Zoe Williams, who's a young sophomore playing center mm-hmm. forward. Um, and she had to step in because Ella Marker was ill. So she actually played a lot of minutes in that game in a Fort Mill uh, blowout, 52 
to 20, and then we've already talked about Fort Mill's victory over Catawba Ridge. So here's a stat for you, ladies and gentlemen. The Fort Mill Lady Yellow Jackets are 3-0 and for the first time since 2018. As that's Mark impressive. Packer loves to say, get that all over you. Yes, that's quite impressive. But I also Three would say, I would also say, sir, that uh, you did a wonderful job uh, at announcing uh, in a different venue. Uh, I call it big time here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that very much. It, it was um, it was one of those things where Coach Hartso came to me a few days before the event, and he said, "Hey, I was going to talk to you about." Uh, talking to Rock Hill, but then when I talked to the the guy who runs it, you had already talked to his assistant Haley and had already worked it all out. Um, I was really nervous. That's somebody else's house. I don't know where stuff is, but then once our system was plugged into their floor, oh, I got really excited. I got real. They've got two ports, not one. We can blow that joint out. We could have yeah. ourselves a Black Sabbath yeah, concert. It was, shake the wind. It was a little. It was a little loud for old. Oh, people. it was a little loud for the uh, for some of the older folks. But the players yeah. were loving it. Absolutely. It wasn't just, just. It was loud for me, and I'm. Yeah. Well, you old. are the get off my lawn guy. Like that's true. You're a poor man's Keith Cook. Is what you are. That I don't know if that's good or bad. No, that's a put down. You should oh, be offended by that. I am highly offended. Yeah, I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. Uh, so Fort Mill Lady Jackets. The, the journey continues for Fort Mill. Not a good, not a fun place to play Tuesday night down in the Bruins area That's at be Lancaster. A place. And then got to turn around Friday night and take on Catawba Ridge in the arena. Um, and you know what they say about payback. Uh, I think the, the Copperheads might have something on their mind for Nathan Rubel's 3 0 uh, Lady Jackets. Well, they got to survive Tuesday because playing down there in the Bruins den is not that place. It will get packed, and then it will go heat up. It gets hot. It, it gets, gets hot loud, there, and it gets hot and loud. And, and those fans love their hoops, and they and know the game. I think the boys' game will be even better. I have reached out to their athletic director, um, Carl Fritz. Carl Fritz, and just awaiting a response to get approval to broadcast the game. Friday night's not a problem. Uh, Coach Lewis, even though he is mission impossible to corral him to get him to be interviewed, um, he is out around and about, and I'm sure he'll let me in. Uh, at least the back door and sneak me in and then sneak me back out back onto the bus for Friday night. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Do you want to talk about boys basketball? I don't know. Do you want to talk about boys Let's basketball? Let's talk about boys basketball. The Fort Mill boys yellow jackets got to start it again against uh, South Point out of North Carolina, again at the Rock Hill Events Center. And different head coach. This is Myron Lowry's team now. Uh, coach Dwayne Hartso uh, retired as the head coach of the jackets. All-time, he hates it when I say this, the all-time winningest coach in Fort Mill men's basketball history. I know he hates it when I bring that up, but he's in the Walk of Fame now, and the total wins is also on the Walk of Fame, so he'll never get away from it. That's right. It's okay. That's right. He is still the athletic director, thankfully. Um, If he ever stopped being the athletic director, I'd probably be out of a gig, (laughs) and then my wife would be terrified because then I'll be under her nose all the time. (laughs) So hopefully we'll – We'll have to figure that out when that bridge comes. But um, that game was, if you're a Fort Mill fan, was not fun. Uh, I'll just say it bluntly. Um, It was fast. It was furious. It was a close game throughout. It was nip and tuck throughout the entire game. It was 24-21 at the end of the first quarter, 38-39 at halftime. Uh, Fort Mill pulled away a little bit in the third quarter, 56-48. 
Fort Mill had a seven-point lead with about two and a half to play, but back came the Raiders behind Christian Petty and Grayson Kynes. Uh, but it was Fort Mill behind uh, A.J. Washington, Christian McCain, the senior. Um, I, I saw his brother Friday night, uh, Braylon, and I told Braylon it just doesn't look right. We see Christian out there and don't see Braylon at point. I mean, you just got mm. used to the McCain brothers, but Christian, um, he had a double-double uh, that night, counted up really quickly. He had uh, 20 points. By my count, he had 20 points, 14 boards mm-hmm. um, for a guy that was up against – a much taller opponent. Fort Mill squeaked it out 67-66, then turned around and had to play uh, the Christchurch Cavaliers, Um, also not for the faint of heart. Um, Fort Mill trailed that game early. 13-6 was the score at the end of the first quarter, and Fort Mill was just struggle-busting to even get shots off. Uh, Finally was able to do so. It was 26-19 at the half, but you still felt like Christchurch had the game. Then fouls started to mount up on the Cavaliers. Uh, 38-33 game going to the fourth and final period. That's when a young sophomore, people, it's hard to believe he's just a sophomore. That's right. A.J. Washington. That's right, correct. My man had, well, first of all, he's letting his hair grow back out. I'm a big fan. He cut yep. it off last year, and I gave him a hard time for mm-hmm. it. He's letting it grow back out. Big fan. Um, so, so keep it up, A.J. You the man. Had four points going into the fourth quarter. He finished with 16 he had 14 points in one period. Uh, Nosberry finished with 11. We talked about Christian, seven points from Logan Parker. Daryl Carrington had four and a 55-51 victory for the Jackets. Well, not to That's jump right. too far ahead, but he had all 10 points in their loss against Catawba Ridge, Ridge in the second quarter. All Which 10 is a beautiful segue. Yep. In yeah, the biz, they call that a segue. Yes, and keep in mind that uh, he is still – Recovering from a knee surgery. Correct. Yeah, there were quite that there were there were four mil fans, and the, see, this is sometimes where I have to be really careful because I, I, I just don't say anything. Um, I knew what was going on, mm-hmm. but people were like, "Why isn't AJ starting?" And people yeah. were like, "Was it a discipline?" I knew he would, I wouldn't. Yes, but people yeah. ask me, I'm like, I, I, you have to ask coach about that. Yes. I, yep. that's above my pay grade. I don't, right. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, but Friday night it was. And I think Catawba Ridge had a six-game win streak over Fort Mill. Fort Mill won the first three in a row, I think. Correct. But the last six have been by Catawba Ridge. Four of the six, if I remember correctly, on last-second shots. Yeah, so it's now seven. So it's now seven because Catawba Ridge won that game 62-51. Um, Newsflash, they're pretty good. Newsflash, they're really good. Um, I made the statement that I had them as a favorite to win Region 3-4A. I think I'm going to have to amend that. Mm. Now I'd say they're a favorite for the upper state. Sure. I, I feel that strongly about it because of the defense and the just the size and the length of that bench. There. I'll give you a case in point. Brady Ambrose barely saw the floor. Every time he came on the floor, they get, he'd get called for a foul. It was just one of those nights, and, and that happens to all players. Um, but as soon as he came out, here comes Sully Gay. Uh, get a fistful of that. Zion Hager could hit it from anywhere in the gym. I think mm-hmm. he could hit it from the parking lot. Um, he had a great game, double figures. Uh, Q Webb, I had never seen this young man play. Big fan of his. He could really run the floor, crash the glass. Uh, Lance Barnes, we talked about his athletic ability, just a sophomore. And that's not even talking about Stephen Murray, who's the big fella in the middle that, to me, allows Coach Childers and his crew 
to run those back screens, when you have a body like that in the middle, it's really difficult for a team to say, okay, how do we take him away? Well, you take him away, now you're susceptible to those those wings, and that's how Katab Ridge did it. Every time Fort Mill would start to get a little bit closer, you know Coach Childers in his M.O. The second you start making a little bit of run, he's going to either call a timeout, he's going to switch up to his 100%. own, he's going to go Absolutely. to a press, or he's going to call one of his famous what I call back cuts, and that's exactly – it was a double screen around the right side, and Lance Barnes just laid it off the glass, and that, that kind of took – the crowd out of it, Catawba Ridge goes on for the Their victory. Their biggest challenge region-wise is going to be Lancaster, followed by Indian Land. Mm-hmm. I've seen them both. Lancaster's very good. They they are – Lancaster is playing with a chip on their shoulder because they lost in the state championship last year, and they lost bad. Yeah. So they're playing with, I don't want to say an attitude, but they're playing more aggressive. They're motivated. Yeah, they're motivated. Um, Greenville. Do they have the bench? Is an That's issue. That's going to be the difference. I think I think Catawba Ridge's bench is deeper than Lancaster. Um, I think Catawba Ridge is better than Indian Land at this point. Indian Land's 4-1. and one. They've got three key players in Mike Jones – Sincere Razul and um, Sequil Patterson, but you know that's that's about as deep as it goes. I mean, and a couple of those names are football players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multi-sport athletes, but really, really good. But <laughs> student athletes. Catawba Ridge is is deep bench-wise. They're probably about equal with Lancaster, mm-hmm. but if they can get past Lancaster and Greenville. I think the upper state's theirs. So. Makes sense. We'll have to find out what goes on there. It'll be interesting to see. Um, True. Lot, lots of basketball there. Uh, Catawba Ridge, we know what they're doing uh, Tuesday night, um, or Friday night, rather. Excuse me. They're taking on Fort Mill. Who did you say they're tackling Tuesday? Nation Ford. Nation at Ford. Nation Ford. At Nation Ford. Well, it's a shame. That is Tuesday. It's a shame that I have to be at Lancaster to broadcast the Fort Mill games. Otherwise, I'd buy a ticket right across town to see that bet. I might call in sick. Uh, you know, I might be spotted over in the corner wearing the all, uh, you know, the, the plain black hat with the sun. I'll go all Bobby Valentine on him and go all incognito in the corner sure. with a stash and everything, uh-huh. you know. But um, that'll be a fun night. That, it sure that's, will. Yeah. I'll be at a school board meeting that night. That's got to be With one eye <laughs> on the clicker going, what's the score? Maybe you Talk should call Talk fast, people. Sick. Daddy's got to go. <laughs> what's this? The fourth thing? Oh, end of the meeting. I second it. Motion adjourned. Motion adjourned. He's already got his stuff out the door. Yes. See, Anthony, have a good one, buddy. Yeah. Um, so that that's the – I think that's a wrap on basketball. That's a wrap on basketball. basketball. Um, um, wrestling has started. Um mm-hmm. All three teams were in the same building. Uh, building. They were in the yeah. same meet. Was it called the Venom? Venom Duels. Venom that Duels. Was this past yep. week, um, Fort Mill won it. Fort Mill looks good again under new head coach Adam Marillo, which still is kind of weird to say because yeah, right, we've been Post saying Brock. Yeah, yeah, we've been saying Coach yep. Brock for decades now. Um, but Fort Mill looks real good. Um, they beat Northwestern to win it. They they struggled a little bit against Northwestern, but that's the best competition they've seen so far. They're, I think they're 4-0. Um, 
And then let's see, Nation Four did well. Um, they they lost to Cantabra Ridge, and then they lost to Fort Mill bad. Um, but still, you know they they're they got a young team. They then went to the I think it's the Maiden Duels in Maiden, North Carolina. Went three and one this weekend, so that's good. Um, let's see, they beat Bradford Prep, whoever he is. Uh, they beat everybody calls him Brad. Yeah, Clyde. Is he Irwin. related to Lucy Beckham, by the way? No, that's the okay. cousins. Uh, <laughs> Clyde Irwin, uh, which is Bradford Prep's cousin. Okay. And then uh, they beat Maiden, and then they lost to uh, South Caldwell. Um, just about three points. So, mm. and then we got to give a shout out to Keith's boy Mitchell Adamas. Yeah, who uh, Mitchell putting on a show? Who's been? Yeah, who's been doing extremely well for them? Um, but then Catawba Ridge, they did pretty well. They finished third in the Venom Duels. Uh, they beat Nation Ford to finish third. That was a good match. They continue to, to get West. better and better. Yeah, and better. Yeah, kind of under yeah. the radar too. They are. They yeah. um. You know, Nick Hansen's got a good program over there. Yes, yes. He's very, very quiet about it. Um, you hear more from his assistants, really, than you do from him. Um, I mean, he's hands-on, but he's kind of like behind the scenes once it starts. Yep. But, uh, yeah, they're doing real well. Uh, both Fort Mill and Catawba Ridge competed in the Southern Slam as an individual tournament. Um, and, you know, they didn't do as well there. But, you know, they have been wrestling all week, and then that's just one of those two-day gauntlet things. So it kind of it, it kind of catches up with you after a while. Oh, so. absolutely, yeah. We have, to, we have to remind ourselves these are young people. They're not robots. Yeah. Uh, their body has to recover um, and, and do certain things to, to, to get back on the mat. Um, this is completely the only record. I ran into Coach Murillo in the hallway um, after – Fort Mill got off to that really hot start. You all right? Did you bump into him? Did you knock you down? Um, he knocked me down. Yeah, Have you saying. seen Adam? Yeah. You seen yeah. the legs on that dude? Yeah. Yeah, I was picking myself off the floor. Um, <laughs> had to go to the trainer's room for about a 30-minute ride there. But, um, no, it was uh, – I was given a ticket for running into him. But, anyway, the conversation was – I said, hey, that that's a really impressive win at the Venom. And then the, the – the, what is it, 53-14 over uh, South Point? I believe is something the, like was the score, yeah. something like that. Um, I think he's been around Coach Brock too long because the first words out of his mouth was, that's great, but we're not where we need to be. <laughs> yeah. That is such a Coach Brock yeah. thing to say. Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, that is that – I, if I closed my eyes and changed his voice a little bit, it would have been Coach Brock saying it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that – so – I, I think Fort Mill Wrestling's in good hands with Coach Murillo. He's a good dude. He's been on this campus forever. Um, he'd been on this campus for a long time when I got here, and I've been on this campus for a decade. So <laughs> yeah. uh, Adam's a great dude. Yeah, he'll he'll do fine. 14, 15 years he was an yeah. assistant for. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Um, but then, again, this is another weird thing. They're hosting their Kingsley Classic, which is normally their biggest yep. you know thing yep. that they hold yep. at the Hive. They're hosting it at Nation Ford. This coming weekend because obviously the gym's yep. not there. Sure. Yep. Um, and then uh, Nation Four goes down to Lexington on Wednesday, and I think that's about 
it that I could think of. I hear for clarity, uh, is has Nation Ford's uh, numbers increased versus last year? The they, number of wrestlers? Yes, they have. They okay. their youth program and their middle school program has both increased, which they've got like thirty six on their roster for wrestling, which really you can only put fourteen out there. Mm-hmm. Um but it gives them a lot of depth. That's significant for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, which should be beneficial. Um, the only thing that kind of hurts sometimes is the experience. Okay. You know, you, you've got some, some kids that don't have the experience that others do. You take a, a Mitchell Adamas who's got a lot of experience. You know, when they faced Fort Mill, he was the only NAFO wrestler to get a win. So, you know, um, Fort Mills coming in with a ton of experience, a ton of wrestlers with experience. So they're a better dual team than um, they are individual teams, sure, Fort yeah. Mill is. But I think it's just a matter of time for Nation Ford to get everybody in your right weight class, get everybody where they need them. And when they wrestle these these duels, it's like two or three matches in a night. I mean, the thing started at six, roughly. And I didn't leave there until 10:30. Oh my! So yeah, so it's you know thankfully it was at Catawba Ridge, and it's not you know it's not like you got to drive two or three hours to get home, but you know it's one of those things where it's it's a long night, and you know you got to make weight to start, and then you know it's just it's a lot. Which for, is a serious deal. Yeah. If you've ever been around those coaches and wrestlers during that weigh-in, don't talk to them. Oh, oh I learned oh, that lesson. Oh, for way. certain. Um, I tried to talk to one of our baseball players who's also a wrestler. Um, He actually pinned his opponent in 30 seconds, and he was mad because he said, yeah, I had him at the 18-second mark and let him off the hook. He was mad about 12 seconds. But that's the level that that Nation Ford's trying to get to, the Fort Mill's at right now. But things are cyclical. There's athletes over at the nest. It's just a matter of time of finding the right pieces in the right spot. That's right. Yeah, and they should do – I mean, Nation Ford should do well. Um, Fort Mill comes in ranked second in the state. Northwestern was ranked second in 4A. Mm-hmm. So that's where they had a little challenge there. But, um, out of curiosity, who's first in the state? For 5A? Yep. Somerville. Who they beat last year for the state title. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. go figure really? how, yeah, it's kind of like the uh, college football thing. Go figure out how that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, oh, don't get me started. Yeah, well, we'll talk later. Yes. So, by the way, just to put it out there, rankings are people's opinion, and not all of these folks who have voted have actually put eyeballs. Subjective. It is very subjective, very subjective. So take it with a grain of salt. In other words, come back and talk to me about oh, I don't know, end of January, and this unless I have a conversation about where people are at. Yeah, and, right. and it's kind of like college football polls in September. Nobody cares. Well, they ca- Nobody I mean, knows. For wrestling, and, you know, not – they've got Rock Hill, like, ranked 19th. Rock Hill. I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah, so that's – you know, that, and they've been down compared to their standards the past couple of years. But – It's still Rock 19th, Hill. 19th, yeah, it's still, it's still Rock Hill. Yeah. yeah, so you're right. I mean, it's kind of weird. But well, we'll see. So best of luck to all those um, – Young folks, I'm sure they'll they'll put their best foot forward and see where it all lands. Um, Nation Ford, I guess you could say, rebuilding. Catawba Ridge continuing the climb in 4A. 
And then Fort Mill, hey, it, here's the bad part about it. When you're the champ, there's only one way to go. And, and, and let's be honest, repeating is actually harder than winning it the first time. Yeah. Especially when there's a coaching change. So um, it, it, it'll be a challenge. We'll have to wait and see how it all pans out. Yeah, and out. I think Nation Ford will be fine. I mean, they got great leadership under Brett Peltier, so um, they'll do fine. And I think that's a wrap on this wrap. past week's events, I believe. All right, break, break out the food. Break out the food? You didn't bring any, did you? I didn't bring any that's food. That's what I thought. I brought faulty equipment, but I didn't bring any food. <laughs> that's not good. Um, so let's talk to the man. We'll talk to the man, the myth, the legend. Yes. Um, let's do that. Yes, let's do that. And, of course, who uh, Mac is talking about is the uh, – Gentlemen to our left, Mr. Anthony Bodie. Thanks again for for spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. You just got back into town for crying out loud. Um, so so welcome back to to God's country in the in the town of Fort Mill. Um, busy, busy, busy. You're just always. When do you sleep? That's I guess. Let's start there. <laughs> well, thank you for the invite. Uh, but I try to find my little hour here, hour there, and 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 sleeping and. But uh, then try to mesh that in and serving the community and spending time with family and friends and all that kind of stuff. Well, let's start with the hard-hitting, very controversial questions. I've already asked you um, Like, um, where are you from? From? From the northern suburbs of uh, Chicago, um, uh, closer to Lake Michigan, uh, and uh, right before the Wisconsin border. Uh, so from a county named Lake County, Illinois. Uh, and uh, spent some time in Memphis, so I have a, a lot of family in Memphis also. So I spent some childhood years in Memphis, and uh, and then um, and then uh, high school back up in the Chicagoland area. So how in the world does a youngster go from Chicago to Memphis to Chicago to Fort Mill, South Carolina? One of these things just doesn't belong. <laughs> um, what brings you to Fort Mill? You know, so uh, back in. Um, 2006 um, I have a very good friend who lives here and who um, uh, was a senior leader over at Carowinds and so my my wife and I are uh, kind of our, our roots are, are um, derived from uh, leisure and tourism industry so my wife is uh, leads the finance group at Carowinds and so we moved here because of her role with Carowinds uh, back in 2006 so like every great man you married up, that's outstanding. Uh, that's how you do it. I did marry people. up for sure. That's yes. how you do it, young people. I know I did. So, I know I did. And if you meet Keith's wife, you know he did. And we all know your wife, Mac. Don't even try. Uh, Don't well, even try. With, the, I guess, the merger or whatever with um, Six Flags, was it? Is it with Carowinds? Does yeah. that affect her job or anything like that? Or I, I, I'm certainly not a Six Flags or Cedar Fair uh uh, spokesperson. But didn't they but, just? Yeah, they just merged. Was it? Oh six no, flags? they did. Yep, right, right. They okay. did. But, 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 but I'll tell you. So she grew up, and so in the Chicagoland area, which she's also from that area, uh, the main theme park is Six Flags, Six right. Flags Great America. So uh, she grew up with that group uh, for many, many, many years. So I think I, I would say half of her career was with Six Flags. So you met in Chicago. Yep, met in Chicago. Mutual friends, uh, both working at. Uh, Amusement Park. Uh, amusement Park is in our blood. Um, I left the industry back in 2016, uh, but still highly uh, visible and highly connected. But 
my first love or first life uh, in high school and all of that was working in an amusement park. And so um, uh, my background was uh, creating memories for uh, visitors as they walked beyond the gates at Six Flags. And so I was one of those photographers that captured your experiences and those types of things or when you were on a roller coaster and your image was being captured or I was the person that sold you the images uh, and those experiences. So that's kind of uh, what's, uh, how, how, how the theme park business is in my blood. Uh, real quick story about theme parks and capturing things. Uh, do you remember the rock and roll, uh, rock Which and was? roller coaster at, um, it used to be uh, MGM. Now I think it's Hollywood Studios, I think it's called. You're talking about Disney? Florida? In Disney, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it goes from zero to 60 in 2.9 miles an hour. Uh, you know what they tell you when the barfs come over you, right? What's the last thing they tell you? Don't barf. Please. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know. Keep your arms and inside. legs inside yeah. the ride at all times. Well, there's this huge bright LED light at the end. And this was like my, I don't know, 18th time riding this ride. I'm addicted to this ride. I have back problems. But for some reason, going really fast doesn't bother it. But I can get Just on a simulator stop. ride that, that rickets around, yes. and I'm in the bed for two days. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. But I'm on there with this young teenage girl, and she is scared to death. Like, her left leg is just da 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 da, da. And they took a picture, and bless her heart, she, she has her hands over her eyes, and there's me with the, the devil horns oh, in yeah. each hand, yes. arms outstretched, Very like common. way outside the car. Yep. And I am hooting and hollering, yeah. and that... Very that, common. That ride came to a stop, and I let off the best Ric Flair impression I had. <laughs> Woo! Are you paying for that girl's therapy still? <laughs> that girl was like, she wanted to throw up so bad. and there you go, sure. don't barf. And I was like, I can't wait to get another fast pass. And she said, I'm done. Um, and then, of course, you go down and see the photographs. And, of course, I had to buy it. That's right. And my wife, my wife was like, please put that thing away. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> um, you're 30-something you're years old. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm appreciative of you taking uh, those moments in time because as a parent, I've seen my child uh, ride Space Mountain the first time mm -hmm. and it got captured. And little moments, the, the moment selfishly as a parent that I have is the first time my little girl, I think she was four, walked into Walt Disney World. Yeah. And the look on her face, anytime I'm having a really bad day, I just pull up that photograph and just the pure joy and just innocence and, and just love it just flows right there so that that i think people sometimes don't appreciate that that moment um it kind of takes taking for granted at times um but that's a great thing that's that that's really neat um from the standpoint of what you do today you say you left the industry in 2016 so so you're definitely a professional today doing what yeah so i'm a uh uh executive sales rep for a uh, global company uh, based out of Japan. Okay. Um, and so uh, it's an IT related company. So uh, I help sell software and IT services and, um, and involved with many different um, types of vertical markets. So I'm involved, um, I deal with um, state local government, uh, municipalities, uh, some Fortune 500 companies, uh, manufacturers, you know, those types of things. And so I've been able to utilize my experience from uh, being a Disney-trained individual, Six Flags trained, you name it. And it's been all about relationships and uh, creating uh, those memories and a great consumer experience. 
and and you and your lovely wife have a daughter. We do. Um, and she's a lovely young woman. She's in middle school, correct? She is. So she attends Fort Mill Middle School, and she's highly active in athletics. Uh, she's a volleyball player. She's in the basketball season right now. Just scored eight points the other day. Um, and uh, and then uh, she's also involved in track. See that 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 warms my heart right there. That's that's so beautiful to hear. I guess tell us. Obviously, you came to Fort Mill. What made you decide to? run for school board initially and get involved because your involvement in athletics locally, you know, from obviously being on the school board and stuff like that is probably more than I've ever seen any other school board member bar none. I mean, so what made you want to run for school board? So I, I, I think, I think all of us um, will, will have a roller coaster type of, life uh, ro- roller coaster type of experience the good the bad the ugly and I think we all go through stages in our lives where we're forced or influenced to make uh, certain decisions for yourself and so I got to a point where I was traveling uh, 150 days out of the year uh, sometimes 100 days out of the year driving you know 75,000 miles a year and still flying 100,000 miles a year so um, you know, you get to a point there where you have different things that happen to you. My daughter was younger. Um, I felt I needed to spend more time with my daughter, uh, spend more time with my wife, uh, become a better father, become a better husband. And I say that sincerely uh, and authentically. Um, and so and then I also um, uh, all of that happened while I was going through a spiritual journey. Um, and so I got to a place where um, if I didn't or had not changed um, industry or made a pivot in my career, I can look you now and tell you that I wouldn't be a, scored, a, a school board member, uh, which uh, really started with me going uh, to uh, Charlotte and helping serve the Charlotte Men's Shelter. Uh, so I spent a year and some change in that. And then there's um, around the York County area, there's a nonprofit named Community Cafe I was extremely involved with Community Cafe for two, two and a half years where I was extremely involved and I would say kind of the face of the organization um, and going into the communities uh, with the the food truck truck and others and helping uh, leverage what we have that could be very helpful for those that are in need. And then after Community Cafe, I got involved with, actually before Community Cafe, I was um, I kind of created a um, um, an organization. It's not a 5013C, uh, but uh, I created an organization and branded it Community of Hearts Project. And basically that derived from me um, actually through Community Cafe going into the underserved communities and seeing that there's really a need uh, for folks for goods and furniture, um, bedding, uh, refrigerators, you name it. And I was able to galvanize a group of people from around York County to go help um, serve many around the community. So that went on for about a year and a half to two years uh, where I was so involved in that. And then as while I was considering running for town council, um, uh, I had some folks coming to me and we started talking about how I could make an impact on the school board and I never saw that but I I didn't realize 
uh, the size and scope of a reach of trying to convince someone to vote for you um, uh, when you include Tiga K along with Fort Mill and all things. So that was a learning experience for me. Uh, but to make a long story short, um, you mentioned uh, the memories. Uh, and when you go to a theme park or a zoo or an aquarium, and there's, a, there, there's an experience that one, that one gets uh, that you can't always describe uh, with those emotions. And you mentioned that we have some bad days. And I can just share with you that um, when I have some bad days, um, going to our sporting events or going to events that our students are involved in, be it if it's in um, K through five or if it's six through eight or if it's in high school. Uh, and I've prided myself being as visible as I could and also being as involved as I could, more than just being visible, but sitting down and having conversation and mentoring young ones and so that's kind of helped validate my why it, it, it strikes me when you say that um, I shared this with a, a, a few student athletes just on Friday night um, after the basketball games um, and what I said to them was is everybody has a vice um, everybody everybody does it just depends on what it is and what I told them was is Mine was watching them grow, not only as student athletes, but as students and as young people. And, and what makes me proud is how hard they work, um, what they do to put this community in a higher light, and just how proud of them. And they go on to be contributors of society. So to hear you say that really strikes a chord uh, with me uh, because folks have asked me before, why am I involved? What you just said. That's the, to me, I call it the juice. I get up every morning. My wife and my child are obviously the reason I get up every morning, of course. You know, God, family. But the, the third thing in my world is these student athletes. Uh, these are kids. Um, it's a difficult world we live in today. They have challenges that we didn't face That's right. as That's children. Right. And I, I think if, if we can spend our time uh, helping others and, and maybe even a little bit just kind of helping mold them a little bit, um, it means that, oh, I'll tell you a, a case in point. Uh, one of the former players for Fort Mill Baseball um, is about to graduate with his master's degree. And this was a young man who was a, a decent player for Fort Mill, but he's married and is about to become a father. That That's what it's about. That And, and to, so to hear you say that's what kind of makes you tick in a way, um, I'm with you on that 100%. Um, and, and I, and I pride myself at being at a lot of events, but you got me beat. Um, cause I just don't have the back stamina to do all things that you're doing. It's amazing. And, and I, I applaud you for it. But 100%. a lot of, a lot of the things you do, I mean, obviously going to events and everything, you're out there and you, people see you, you see them, but kind of draw the curtain back a little bit about the letters of recommendation. Now that's something I know you do yeah. a lot of. I do. I do. Uh, so, I, 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 and I want to preface this by saying m my visibility, um, I want to be clear, I don't, it's, it's not an expectation of a board member. I mean, the, the, the expectation certainly is to be visible, but what I'm doing is not, that, that's, it's not common uh, per se, meaning 
I mean, there are, I mean, I have a calendar and I calendarize all of my events that I attend. And on average, since I've been a school board member, I've attended more than a, I attend more than a hundred events a year. That, wow. that, that, that's no exaggeration. Wow. Um, and on some evenings it, or some days it may be that I, I may go to a middle school event and then I know that there's a high school event going over somewhere and it may be something regarding the arts. I'm going there because the visibility has presented opportunities for me to engage with parents um, and with grandparents. I spend a lot of time with grandparents today and them thanking me and how I show up to many different events. And um, as I mentioned to you, seeing a senior today, which I was watching as a, as a sophomore and, and, and being asked to write a recommendation letter for them, uh, it's one of the greatest honors that I think one could have. And so typically speaking, what does happen is that if I do get a phone call or if I engage with our young students like I have over the last three years, they all see me. You know, when I'm driving to Spartanburg to see cross-country races or if I'm driving to uh, Greenville uh, to also go see cross-country races or track meets or basketball meets with my daughter, uh, and those types of things. Uh, the, the, the parents and the community see that. So I've written over 250 recommendation letters. Wow. And so there is a prerequisite. Now the first hundred and some change, there really wasn't uh, the kind of prerequisite that I have today. And the prerequisite is, is number one, they have to provide me with a resume. That's even if I've known them for 12 years, 10 years, five years. Um, but then they also have to schedule uh, an hour and 15 to hour and 20 minute interview with me. And so wow. what it does, even the ones that I've known for a long time, it helps me write a more authentic um, recommendation letter, which I place a value on in my backgrounds in journalism. So I place a huge value on that. And I'm acutely aware of the difference that my letters have made based on how descriptive I am in telling the story. So in these interviews, do you, are you kind of like taking notes of obviously what they're saying and telling you and could, to help craft that letter better? I am. I am. So, so when I actually thought about this here, when I, was, when I was writing these letters, I kept saying to myself, yeah, I'm writing these letters, but I'm, I want to make sure I'm getting something out of it. And when I asked myself, what am I getting out of it? You know, my joy is actually seeing the maturation of our students and I knew that perhaps if I were to create 20 to 25 different questions that these seniors would have to go through it would help them challenge themselves on how they answer questions so if they were to go into an interview be it if it was for a job or if it were them interviewing or, or writing an essay that perhaps this would help them uh, become a better essay writer or a better better at telling their story if you will is, is there let me phrase it this way I've written recommendation letters to me it's nervous as I'll get out until that person gets that acceptance letter and when they do it's not about you it's the fact that that young person is going to get to experience something really neat that they've worked really hard and deserve um, 
do you kind of feel that same way when you write them? I'm sure they let you know, oh, hey, Mr. Brody, hey, I got into X, Y, Z. Um, I get chills on every time, every text, every phone call, or when a mom and or dad and or the student calls me to say thank you for taking the time because it takes a lot of time to write a letter, and I use more than just a template. I mean, the, the, these are... They're authentic. From, from oh, scratch. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I will tell you that I get chills, and in my mind, it's not that writing a letter is a, school, is a board of trustees job or a school board member's job. It is because I was visible and how often I'm visible and how often I touch or engage with a parent, a student uh, of some sort that actually influenced why I'm writing a letter, that's where the satisfaction comes from because technically speaking, if I was not visible and not loving what I do, I wouldn't be as visible and I wouldn't be asked to write the letter. We hear the saying a lot where it takes a village to raise children. I'm a firm believer in that. And and we're given opportunities in our lives and folks along the way have given us a hand up, if you will, or, or opened a door or however you want to phrase it. Do you feel like this is your way of paying forward based off of uh, your background opportunities that were given to you and the, the entertainment part of it, um, that sort of thing? Obviously you earned those spots, but is this your way of sort of like paying that forward in a way? So as I get older, um, I, I, we're all going through a maturation process uh, through sure. different stages in our lives. And for me, what I'm constantly asking myself is what is my why? So when I actually having a bad day as a board of trustee or maybe it was work and maybe it was something that influenced me from being on school board that caused me not to do the greatest job on my day job. Um, I constantly ask myself, why do I do what I do? And to be very frank, with, with, with being involved with the school board and also being so involved with our student athletes, it's morphed me into serving for another non or serving for a nonprofit named Defend the Fatherless, uh, which is an organization that I'm chairman of the board, which serves adoptive and foster care families. I'm very involved with that organization. So that 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 I, I, I think about my why all of the time and um, those experiences that I've had in creating memories uh, in the workplace. Uh, be it if it's at Disney or Six Flags or the Smithsonian National Zoo um, or if it's me writing a sports, uh, a, a sports story for the college newspaper or for the high school newspaper or all those things intertwine with each other. Or it's mentoring uh, a woman that mentored me um, when I was 16 years old and um, I speak to her on a weekly basis or at least a monthly basis. Uh, and sometimes it's maybe three or four times out of the week. But I believe all those things collectively that has taken place or affected my life positively, I've been able to utilize those things and input those within my why. 
real quickly before we get too far, the organization you just mentioned, please tell the folks how to get involved with that if they want to become involved with time, uh, financially, what have you. Tell the folks how to get involved with that. So so that organization that I had mentioned, again, the name of it is Defend the Fatherless, and I believe our site is defendthefatherless.org. Uh, our executive director's name is Caitlin Sun. And, again, what we do is we serve uh, foster and adoptive care families. And some of the things, ways how we help that organization is, number one, we do have a frozen food program. Uh, so basically uh, bonding happens with either friends or families or churches or even organizations get together and they may cook uh, baked spaghetti or lasagna or that something of that sort and uh, bring it over to uh, our office, uh, which is across the street from Flint Hill Baptist Church uh, in Fort Mill, uh, closer to the Regent Park area. Uh, and then what typically happens is that we uh, refreeze those meals. Uh, what also happens, another arm of the organization is, is that uh, we have something that's called uh, York County Foster Closet. It's in the same office, but basically uh, folks are able to drop off clothing, um, uh, car seats, um, gift cards, uh, you name it, and basically, um, and, and, and clothing. And when our um, uh, foster and adoptive care uh, families visit, our location, our, our, our volunteers ask them uh, what their needs may be, and one of the things we do ask is, is there a need for food? And that's how we also feed them, but also when it comes to clothing, we provide them with the clothing and the car seats and all that. Um, and then another one is, is that uh, if you want to donate, um, you know, there are many nonprofit organizations around York County, uh, but we're, we're very active. Um, and so we utilize the, the monetary um, funding, uh, we utilize that for, uh, 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 it may be earmarked for, uh, we call it uh, mental health scholarships. Uh, you know, sometimes families uh, can't afford to actually take uh, their young one to see a counselor. And so this, this helps. So those grants that we get from organizations or uh, from companies or from uh, individuals that want to make a monetary donation to us, uh, that's how we're able to do that. Uh, so we, we're, 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 so, so that's one of the, the organizations that I'm involved with. Getting back to the sports theme, yep. you being on the school board, you probably see a lot, um, probably before it gets out of the public and things like that, regarding you know facilities and stuff like that. What would you say probably is one of the some of the greatest needs for athletics in this in this high school? town in regards to whether it be middle school sports or high school sports what would you see probably some of the greatest needs or future needs for this area when it comes to high school athletics stuff like that i i i would say to you that for me personally of all of the sporting events that i attend i attend more of the women's sports uh and that's intentional um i want to get bring more attention to our middle school volleyball players, our basketball players, our cheerleaders, um, our soccer players. That's all important to me because in many instances, those are not highly attended like our like their male counterparts. And so that's so important to me. Well, but when it comes to when you ask the question on the needs, you know, for me, from a 30,000 foot view, it is. I get asked the question a lot and many of our board members, or all of our board members get asked a lot. Why does one school have? 
something versus the other. You yeah. know, a school that's been around as long as some of the others have, and then we have new ones. You know, it, 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 we are not presented with the appropriate funding to be able to knock down a school, an old school, and then build a new one or whatever the case may be. Um, that, that's just not how that works. And so at the end of the day, there's always going to be a need for uniforms, for uh, improving uh, the amenities when it comes to that. That's always a part of the theme, if you will. Um, and when it comes to, like, providing funding for those things, that's where your booster clubs come into play. But also at the end of the day, the reality is what I believe one of the greatest mis perception is of the Fort Mill School District is that we have all of this money. Yep. And 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 yep. where whereas we're fortunate to be able to fund many different things, we don't have the excess of funds that people believe. And that that's that, that's not me, you know, just 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 sharing that and not knowing what I don't know. I'm just it's factually true. Because the majority of the school district's budget money comes from the state. And then it, well, I'll I'll second what you say, what you've said. I've been almost every county in the state as the voice of the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets. I have had at least a dozen different places say something like, "You can't hide money," or yeah. "Hey, you're from the rich." And I set the record straight. I was like, "Hey, y'all think that, but here's reality." And I tell them the actual numbers and say, "Hey, this is not my spin on it. This is reality." What you might see as you drive through Fort Mill, and this really rubs me the wrong way, is they'll get off on exit 85, sure. right? And they'll ride by Baxter and think that's Fort Mill. No, sir. No, ma'am. Go across the bridge. Go down through the middle of downtown Fort Mill. Sure. You'll see all different kinds of classes in there, okay? So that we're a town that's proud regardless of which side of town you're on, but we're not flush with cash because if we were – we wouldn't have a lot of the problems that we have. Now, money doesn't fix it all. But one thing that, that – so I, I, what you just said really hits hard with me because I've had that thrown in my face, and, and it's, not, it's not true. But getting back to uh, – it, But, but, but really is, quickly, how, with the three high schools, you have a school that was built in 85, one built in 08, and one built in 2018. Isn't it impossible to make it equal for – like, how do you make it equal? I, guess. I, I, I think that it is. It's impossible to be able. Well, let's say this here. If you want to find the funding and get all the funding that you want, I guess anything is possible. But we're talking about being reality. And so the reality is, is that. What, what's factually true is we are the wealthiest school district per student in the state. That's all factually true. But what I'm getting at is, is that because we don't have access to the kind of federal funding that others get, that's the bigger problem is that we, we just don't have that. Um, so, so the reality is we, we, we <laughs> that school, those school board members – and that that is a job that is we're not paid. It is a job that we do it for free and you got to be passionate about it. So when we make these decisions on or, or help the district or approve um, items or line items for the 20 different schools that we have, 
it's our job to make sure that we ask the appropriate questions. And I, I would say that that's one of the most important parts of the job as a board member is making sure you know what questions to ask. What, is it fair to say that we have to be very careful and not spend money like a bunch of drunken sailors that just came into port after six months gone? We have to be financial stewards and be ethical with that money and, and make sure that yes we spend money today with an eye on tomorrow because for example the 12th elementary school in this town is it's just been announced it's going to be a i think it's 392 gold hill road the 12th elementary school uh when i moved here 20 something years ago there were three mm -hmm. now there's 12. sure so the other part of where i'm going with it is there's a misconception about who pays for what and my understanding is the district's responsible for building that building and then the state basically from the wall in so we have to be real careful with because that elementary school i think is going to cost 40 it's going to be more than that but 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 million but, but you said we're going yeah, yeah 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 but 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 i would just say this here um the the impact component that many people realize what it is it's, it's essentially growth paying for growth so the concept, that is how we're able to build these schools. So it's not that we're just knocking on somebody's door and saying, oh, here, here, here you go, we need that money. There, there, there's, some, there's a concept that's, that's, that's been helpful to the district in order for us to be able to build the amount of schools that we have been. I won't get into all the different details and the minutiae of all that kind of stuff, but I can just tell you the impact fees have been um, – uh, significant for the school district do you ever see the district maxed out in regards to and granted you know fort mill was once a small town and it's bordered by north carolina and the catawba river do you ever see the district maxed out in regards to the number of schools it has you know because obviously there's only so much land you know without without treading onto the greenway and and you know clear cutting all that um do you ever see that happening how i would answer that is as long as you can as long as you continue to see um folks buying land and building homes and they have kids somehow some way those kids are going to have to go to some kind of school so i just think at the end of the day um and our last um school board meeting uh, we did have a group that came in to chat with us and talk about uh, potentially what the future looks like and all those types of things. But the reality is, as long as there are people that continue to move here, there's going to be a need for schools. I think the reality is what I think a lot of people don't realize, like we get people that are upset that say, why do they keep building schools? Well, the school district is not responsible for bringing in land and then building residence that that that's that's not how that works so the reality is the the the, the district office and the school board actually have to react to what's happening you just have to respond to what's going on that's correct yes correct isn't it isn't it important to also point out that the school doesn't have a seat on the building commission used to but they don't now if i understand correctly so 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 that so basically it's after the fact it's always reactionary 
because you see what I'm saying? Like it, it, my argument with my neighbors when they move in is they go, wow, prices of houses here are so expensive. And I'm real quick to point out, do you know what the number one reason for that is? Because the schools are so good. For sure. People have said, well, why go to this school? I was like, name a bad school in the town. I'll sit and wait. Um, Why is that? Well, it's because I believe the school district is responsible in making sure class sizes stay at an appropriate level. Teachers are the best are coming here. They're getting hired. They're staying, that sort of thing. That's what keeps it that way. But I also think, if I understand correctly, it's important to point out that when somebody buys a, that builds a house, that's different than if somebody opens a business Mm -hmm. in the town because of how revenue is generated to the school district. In other words, the school district's not really getting a whole lot from that house, but they are from the business, and that's where the rub is a little bit. Yeah, so I, I, I would comment and say, and allude to what Mac was saying, so um, part of our funding comes from the state, and then the other part is from local taxation, and that's basically how that works. The percentages of changing over time because there's a, there's been a... Um, from Columbia, there's a there's a new mechanism um, or formula uh, that's been adjusted on how uh, the school districts um, are getting money from the state. So that's that's kind of changed, and that has had an effect on us. And so I think a lot of times, sometimes people don't realize, like when it comes to like the millage, like I think some people don't realize, and I'm not saying that people don't realize because they don't because they're not doing homework it's just reality you only know what you only know correct and so the reality right. is when we're bringing on teachers like new resources we have to find ways to fund that and that's that's the reality right. and so as we are a growing district there's going to still be a need of more teachers and the state has to fund 83 school districts Roughly how many school districts are there? It, it, it's, it, it's 70 something. I think 70 it's like 73. Something. So they got to fund 73 school districts. So, I mean, they, they got to spread the pot around, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. I think it's also important to point out that because the district has um, built schools, that there is still that those bond referendums that were passed uh, in the past, right? You still have to pay for those. They haven't yeah. just disappeared and gone away. And we're not talking about $10 million, $20 million. We're talking about $400, $500 million range, give or take. Um, that's a serious, serious cloud, if you will. And you have, to, you have to be cognizant of that, but also keep in mind what's the balance between keeping this town the best that it can be while also handling that bad boy at the same time. Yeah, so the, the, the number you just gave, I, I, I can't say that I can validate that per se, but I can just share with you, um, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to realize you've built all these schools. There's X amount of years that you're paying for these schools, so you're going to be paying for these schools for some time. So the reality is when someone is saying, well, why do you all have so much debt, if you will? Well, we had to build schools. So... The, the the good thing out of this is is that there's a perception that our school district is wonderful. And if you look at the different data points and all those things, that validates that per se. 
we have challenges just like any other school district per se, but when you're being compared to um, across the state and also across the U.S., you know, for me, being involved with all the different theme parks and zoos and aquariums, I've been around almost every state that has those entities. And I've been fortunate enough to be around all the different school districts and also have a lot of them employ a lot of those students. So I know about all the different high schools or as many of those around the United States where there are theme parks and zoos because I used to be the person who actually goes searching for where do we open up business, where are we going to get the employees from, and I'm typically aware of 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 of, of the the magnitude of those schools and the performance of them and all that kind of stuff. I still got data from all the years of actually studying the different school districts and the employees, um, you know, that that we want uh, and the type of employees that we want to help us be successful in businesses. I, I I saw some comments on social media when it was announced that this 12th elementary school was going to get built. And I saw a lot of comments about great traffic is just going to get worse. I think it needs to be added that that's not the, the, the district's not that's the South Carolina Department of Transportation that that's on the state to react to how big this town is getting. And I think they also got to keep in mind that when these schools are being built, it's strategic in are they a safe place? What's the traffic pattern like? What, right? You don't want to just build a school right on the side of 77 is where I'm going with it. So that makes sense. Yeah. So here's what I would say to this here. And this is way before my time. One of the things the Fort Mill School District does very well, and when you've had to reps in, just like when you're becoming a very good three-point shooter, I mean, that only happens because you have practice and practice and practice. Well, guess what? We have opened many different schools. And if you're opening many different schools and been involved with different design work and all those things, you become somewhat of experts, or at least you know what you're doing, and you're very competent when it comes to that. So the team that uh, Dr. Epps has uh, are extremely competent individuals uh, in, in all of the positions. Uh, so they, they, they know their roles and they do their jobs very well. Um, so I, I would comment on that way that um, when the, 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 the initiation or at least just a thought process of something coming to life um, you look at all the different high schools that have been built. I mean, they all started from some kind of dream and vision. Well, there were people that were involved within that dream and vision. And those individuals are, some of those are still around at, within the Fort Mill School District. So for me as a school board member, right. um, I feel like we're in a very good place. So uh, the, 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 the easy and hard part of the job is, when you vote yes that you're in support of something the other part is is the other part is is that uh you believe in the individuals who are involved in the day-to-day -day of running the operations because the school board's not involved in the, in the day-to-day -day. we're more of a governing body and to I'm, ask the questions I'm and glad make sure you brought that up yeah because that was where i was going with it and pull the curtain back a little bit on where does that start and stop because i think there's some confusion with what the assistant superintendents do versus the school board and, and that ball of wax. It, there is a separation of power, if you will. Yeah, so 
the when we talk about the daily operation we're basically talking about on a day-to-day basis who are the individuals that are involved in running our schools and the district office it anchors from the district office and the district office we have just like the district office is what you would call like a corporate office you know the dr Epps is the ceo and he has his executive vice presidents or his senior vps if if you will they're involved in running those day-to-days and every single one of them have a skill set that helps make a difference in how the school district is run and just like any other organization you have managers and other leaders who help run those entities the job of the school board is to basically govern to ask the questions um, kind of help go through the due diligence so perhaps when when our superintendent or his team uh, presents something to us you know at a board meeting hey we get a packet that kind of tells us what the agenda is going to be about it's the board members job to do homework I pride myself on doing homework and if you go and you watch some of the board meetings I ask a lot of questions or I have I ask meaningful questions in in my mind that are thoughtful. Um, And so I I think as long as I'm in this role, I know that my job is before I vote yes or no on something, I better be asking questions, uh, be asking the right questions. And I think that's what I pride myself on. And I think every board member um, in this role, they take it very serious. So knowing your visibility as a school board member and everything, without giving out too much detailed information, where do you see yourself five years from now, ten years from now? Is it is it more of a still on the board? I mean, because... Mayor. Mayor, President, <laughs> Bodie... I'd vote for you. Bodie 2028. Matter of fact, my daughter's yeah. in political science. There's your uh, campaign manager right Interesting. There. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So what I would say to you is, is number one... Um, since 2016 or 2017, um, I've followed my guidance uh, and my gut and the spiritual journey that I've been on. And so when I look at kind of the aftermath and look at where I've been, they've all been stepping stones into whatever that next thing is. This stepping stone could turn into, um, I don't know, me being executive director of a nonprofit organization. Um, has nothing to do with politics. Uh, so my core is purely shaped around my why. And as long as I keep asking myself, why do I do what I do? I'm going to have an understanding on a daily basis on where I'm going to be. And as of today, I believe my why revolves around potentially um, running one, 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 one more term, which I'm not sure about that. Uh, but it potentially revolves around that. Uh, but I can tell you it's going to be around our students um, and how I can impact in whatever way that that can be. That, that, that's, that's how I would answer that. Um, I wouldn't even say that, you know, perhaps politics may have been a part of my mindset. I think that's long gone. I, I think my mindset is purely around um, what skill sets do I have to help make a difference in our youngsters' lives or in people's lives. Do you see a fourth high school ever popping up in Fort Mill? I can't answer that question. You you talked earlier in the interview about your faith journey. 
is it fair to say that some doors open and some doors close but because you're asking questions at these board meetings, you're also asking questions to yourself, but also qu asking questions in, in a faith-based way to say, like, people have asked me before, and my answer is, is God opened this door. I was just smart enough to walk through it because um, signs are there. Um, but what I've heard you say is where you feel like you're the most impactful. And, and that, that means a lot because it's not – Again, it's not about you. It's very clear that your goal at the end of the day is these young people. That that's that's it. What 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 has changed um, since 2016? You know, I was very ego driven, egocentric, um, and I would say, with some hardships and perhaps um, being humbled. Um, when you're humbled enough or humbled at the appropriate time. You're in a position to actually, well, someone helps you figure out <laughs> why are you being humbled and what's the why behind it and what may be the root cause. And I would say over the years as I matured, you, you've heard me say a couple times this evening about the maturation part of it. I think there's a maturation part for me. And so um, as I found my spiritual journey, uh, I can tell you that there's constantly a conversation um, with people about that spiritual journey, about that journey. And so I will tell you, with no equivocation, if I did not change careers, A, we're not sitting here. B, I'm not involved in any of our schools the way I am today. I'm involved with my daughter in school, but I have that now in addition to being involved into with with all of our with many of our students around the uh, district so i'm i'm constantly reminding myself to to ask myself what's my why and how can i impact uh my why because in most instances when you go and look at my journey or track record since 2016 i'm typically involved with something for two years or two and a half years and then i'm on to the next one i'm on to the next journey next part of the journey per se and I'm at a place right now where which I haven't mentioned I'm involved with Boy Scouts so and that's been for the last four months I think that's been the next um, step yes yeah. exactly the next yeah. extension to my journey uh, and so I'm the York chair for um, covering Lancaster Chester um, and York and so uh, I'm kind of uh, the face of the Scouts from that perspective so, but all of that is a part of this journey. Go on. I'm sorry, real quick. If when a parent, a student, a grandparent, a teacher, um, one of us boneheads walks up to you and says, thank you for what you do. That, that, that's gotta, that's gotta be a reminder of this is why I do what I do. I'll tell you, uh, what, what does happen more common today than even two years ago. You know, when I'm taking that drive to um, with Catawba Rich um, and my daughter and going to a basketball game, going to uh, to Greenville where they played in Greenville, they lost in Greenville, and my daughter went with me. Uh, and a couple parents followed me out and said, man, thank you for coming. That meant a lot to Johnny or whoever it is. Um, or if I'm – at that cross country meet and I was at the state meet and I'm getting ready to leave and 
Nation Ford parents and also Catawba Ridge parents go out of their way to come and see me and say thank you or give me a hug and say thank you for what you do. Um, it's not, the reward is not for me going to the actual event. For me, the reward is like when I see like a, an Olivia Cleveland, you know, I've been watching her run for the last three years, you know, or Jackson, who's now at South Carolina, um, or, um, you know, uh, Mia, uh, who's at Nation Ford, you know, one, you know, she was an 800 state runner and Olivia Cleveland has won state multiple times. You know, it's like when I'm around those individuals with the parents, you know, you establish a relationship with the grandparents in general. So it's more so about that young woman or young man, hopefully I've affected in some kind of way by a conversation that I had, or if she had, or he had a bad race or bad basketball game, and I just go sit down with them for five minutes and just have a quick conversation. Or these two sophomores at Catawba last year, both were crying at the end of the uh, the volleyball meet, and they were very a very good volleyball team last year at Catawba. Yes, they were. And I went there yeah. and I asked the young ladies to come and take a photo with me, and it made them smile. Um, so that's just a reminder of my why and the satisfaction that I get, but hoping the way a mentor or someone that took the time uh, that's involved in, in the community that was able to really and truly um, um, affect them in some kind of way. Well, we got probably about five more minutes, yep. but one thing I wanted to ask you is um, you were a runner growing mm -hmm. up, Yep. but do you have a certain sport? Are you more partial to favorite running sports now or, or you more partial to one sport over the other or you have a favorite so it's probably going to be the running part of it and i'm but but i go to as many of the other events right. but i would say that where i go to these events and because i was a runner like i was sharing with one of the coaches like if there was a silhouette and their their team members were running, I could point out those runners because I know their running styles and I've paid attention to their running styles and their cadences and their foot planting and all that kind of stuff or their arm movement and all that. I, I can point out those things. And so the same as a three-point shooter, same as you know a lacrosse player, whatever the case may be. I know a lot of these youngsters and it's because I've, gone to so many different events. They're like wrestlers, you know, like uh, Aiden, a uh, young man by the name of Aiden Eubanks. Mm -hmm. He's he, he's a very good wrestler at, at Fort Mill, you know, uh, and he's one that's going to go to either uh, – he, he wants to be a Navy SEAL, um, and uh, he's an outstanding student. But that's me spending time with these, these youngsters and getting to know them over the years, and so I've just enjoyed them. All I can say is, is – Thank you, um, not only for your time tonight, but everything you've done for the student athletes, the coaches, the administrators, teachers, um, heck, even the assistant superintendents, all the folks at the district office. Um, I truly believe it takes a village, and you're a big part of the village, um, and, and selfishly darn glad for it um, because it, it to hear your story, it – I wish more people knew about it, 
because it's such an inspiration that would touch a lot of people's lives and it would give them that boost sometimes because I think sometimes young people today it's real easy to get knocked down to but you got to have somebody to help you get back up you're a shining example of what can happen when when someone does rise back up and, and move forward um, what you've accomplished is amazing um, and, and we appreciate it thank you very much yes thank you for being here and, and and I'll leave you with this here one of the things that a lot of people don't know but the ones that I'm very friendly with or friends with um, if, if there's a teacher that's a neighbor of a friend of mine um, most of my friends know um, that one of my expectation is if they're friends with a teacher uh, to introduce me to a teacher it is so common if I'm at Johnny's house and he's like Mr. Bodie I got a teacher that's across the street I'm friends with her say take me over I just want to say thank you for what she does or what he does that's common it is um, and it's me I, it's truly I, I'm serious and when I come out to these different schools I'm hopeful that I run into these teachers and say hello and thank you and our administrators and uh, the janitor I think the janitor like I spend time with the janitor over at Nation Ford and say thank you so that's my why. 100%. We appreciate it. And, folks, uh, Mac wasn't kidding. He's wearing a Catawba Ridge uh, shirt. His vest is uh, Fort Mill Yellow Jackets, but the hat uh, would make um, – Keith Cook happy. It would make uh, Coach Stack and, and Keith Cook and, and David Johnson thrilled. The Nation Ford Falcon logo on the top of – on a red hat. So, ladies and gentlemen, Fort Mill School Board member, but an overall great guy, Anthony Bodie. Thank you so much for your time, sir. And I uh, look forward to seeing you down the road at some of these events. Thank you so much.